0: Here we go on this Monday, March the 22nd, Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we like to take a look at the readings for the following Sunday, which just so happens to have two names, Palm Sunday and Sunday of the Passion. Now, you would think that on Palm Sunday, they would have the reading from the Gospel about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. But they do not, because it's also Sunday of the Passion. Now, it doesn't mean that that entry into Jerusalem is not talked about. It's found in the Old Testament reading from Zechariah chapter 9, where it says, Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, a foal of a donkey. And it says that through him, the prisoners will be set free. That's the Old Testament reading. Philippians chapter 2 uh, talks about how though Jesus was already in the form of God and did not think it equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And therefore, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. But then we get to the gospel. I believe that this is the longest reading Throughout the entire year of the Gospel from mark chapter four well it says mark fourteen one but it begins at mark fifteen one and goes forty seven verses. now, what are these verses about? what they 're about is Jesus and his trial, etc now there's no way we can complete 47 verses during this broadcast so why do they do 47 verses well there are a number of churches that do not have holy week services uh, most have monday thursday but there are a number that don't have any good friday services and therefore the next sunday after that is easter sunday And you don't talk about the crucifixion on Easter Sunday, but the resurrection. So those who put together the readings wanted to have an opportunity for people to hear what happened on Good Friday. Now, it's not that the entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday is not ever read. It's actually read during Advent, but at this point, on Palm Sunday, which is also called the Sunday of the Passion. And what does Passion mean? Well, that's the suffering of our Lord. So we're going to take a look as much as possible at this particular reading, beginning with chapter 15, verse 1. This occurs after Jesus was arrested in the garden of gethsemane and as soon as it was morning the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council now what are they talking about Council? there was kind of a supreme court among the jews called the sanhedrin and that was a council and we're not sure everybody was there because the morning was not the normal time to hold such a council. Uh, We know, of course, two members of the council, Joseph of Arimathea and, of course, the rich man whose tomb Jesus was laid in, they were members of the council and they would have objected to his death, but nothing is mentioned about that. What they decided is they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. Now, why would they do that? If they wanted to put him to death, why didn't they crucify him? Crucifixion was an execution done by the Romans, and it was actually against Roman law for the Jews to put someone to death. And therefore, they had to have the permission of the Roman government and That's why they delivered him over to Pilate. First question from Pilate to Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus did answer that one. You have said so. So Jesus is indicating that he is the king of the Jews. And the chief priests then began to accuse him of many things. Now, what would those many things be? You see, this is why we have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You've got to kind of put them all together. It's like the seven words from the cross are not found in any one single gospel. And Jesus may have said a lot more than those seven words. Obviously, the seven words were sufficient for one of the thieves to repent and ask him to remember him when jesus came into his kingdom but whether jesus said more we are not really sure at any rate the chief priests are accusing him of many things in those other gospels we hear of the things they're accusing him of uh, one of the main things is jesus says if you destroy this temple i will restore it in three days. Of course, they mock him saying, well, it took over 40 years for the temple to be rebuilt. How are you going to restore it in three days? And the Bible makes clear in that section that he was talking about himself as the temple of God. No other person in the entire creation of the world Was considered to be the temple of God as a human being, except for Jesus Christ. So, after the priests are accusing him of many things, we get to the situation where Pilate says, Have you no answer to make? And Jesus does not give an answer. And Pilate is amazed. Now, that's a very important thing to understand, the amazement of Pilate, that here somebody is being charged, crucifixion could be the result, and Jesus is silent. Why? Well, once more, we go to the Bible, that like a lamb that was about to be sheared or sacrificed is silent so also jesus the lamb of god is silent now the next section of the mark reading is at this particular feast and this is coming up of course to the wonderful feast that the jews had Uh, I, i need to really say something about that because when we're talking about good friday we would say that according to the time of that day, which Friday would have begun on our Thursday night at midnight, that what happened was that everything really happened on Friday. The Lord's Supper occurred on Friday. That was in that evening, which had begun the day of Friday. Uh, What we're reading right now occurred on Friday. Friday when he was before the court. Then he was crucified and was on the cross, and that was on Friday, and he died. So all these kind of things occurred on Friday. The reason we talk about Monday, Thursday is that according to Roman time, the Lord's last supper with his disciples was definitely on a Thursday, not on a Friday. So that's how we get these various items. At any rate, Jesus is being accused of many things. And at the time of this feast, they used to release a prisoner for whomever they asked. And among the rebels in the prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, and that was the insurrection against the Romans, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them, that is, release a prisoner. And he said, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? And then verse 10 gives a great insight by Mark. Uh talking about Pilate. For Pilate perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. It was more than envy, it was actually hatred. The the final straw was the raising of Lazarus from the dead, and people were beginning to follow Jesus, and the chief priests and scribes didn't like that at all, because they were afraid of That there would be another insurrection, the Romans would come in even more so and really take over even their religion. So to stop that and get around that fear, they decided to put Jesus to death. It's interesting that not many years later, the Romans did come in and destroy Jerusalem and tear down the temple because of the attitude on the part of many Jews against them. So, he said, do you want me to deliver to you the king of the Jews? But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. Now, we need to understand this crowd was kind of almost a hired crowd that the priest said, Brought together and had been stirred up to put Jesus to death. This was not the crowd that welcomed him on Palm Sunday, singing Hosannas to him. Now, that Palm Sunday crowd also was unaware of the true mission of Jesus Christ, but it was definitely a crowd that loved him in comparison to this crowd that the priests had put together after they delivered Jesus up out of envy. And what did they get the crowd to request? That Pilate would release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, crucify him. Pilate said to them, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So verse 15, we again see the motivation of Pilate. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Now, that scourging, of course, is the whipping that Isaiah talks about that Jesus will undergo. It is a fact that those who were crucified were made weak. Uh, For example, if someone in the United States is put to capital punishment, and that is done by the electric chair, what they do is they shave The hair off his head so the electricity will be able to go through his body better. And in this case, they whipped Jesus. In fact, the Journal of American Medical Association had an article Why did Jesus die so early? Because even Pilate was surprised that he was dead so early. Normally, you last a few days on the cross. And Jesus lasted six hours. Why? And this medical association attempted to say that he was really weakened by the whipping, the scourging, the mocking, etc. But it is very clear that that is not true because even the Bible tells that Jesus was one who decided to die when he was ready. He uttered a loud cry, according to verse 37, and breathed his last. Now, this was something that the centurion, Roman as he was, gentle as he was, had never seen at any crucifixion. Many of the people being crucified, would have wanted to be put to death by the soldiers while they were on the cross because it was so painful. But Jesus, he uttered his last. In fact, what does he say? It is finished. And Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And he breathed his last. At that time, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing Jesus saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. Now, why did he say that? The title son of God was only to be used in regard to the emperor. And therefore, to use it in regard to someone else, you were taking your life in your hands, saying that this other person was the true son of God. But he said that because he knew that only God had the power of life over death. And here was Jesus deciding when to die. This is kind of an important point. If you ask even most Lutherans, who killed Jesus, they will answer, well, the Romans or the Jews. And some who are a little more sophisticated might say, well, I did, my sin put Jesus on the cross. Or one would say that, no, that was the Father who laid the iniquity of him of us on him. But the answer is pretty clear here. It doesn't say that anyone killed Jesus. It said that he died voluntarily. And when did he die? This text makes it pretty clear because after he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. Now, they had done this at the beginning of the crucifixion, and Jesus had denied that drink. Why? Because there was a prophecy yet to be fulfilled, and that prophecy was From Psalm 22, I thirst. Jesus did not die until he had fulfilled every prophecy in the Old Testament concerning his death. And the last one to be fulfilled was I thirst, which took six hours to accomplish. But then when he had fulfilled that prophecy, there was no reason for him to continue to be suffering. And he said, it is finished. And guess what? He, as Mark 1537 says, Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last Now, something supernatural occurred. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. No part of the Roman houses or where they would sleep was damaged at all by the crucifixion of Jesus. But what was damaged was the temple. Jesus had a spiritual mission, not a political mission. And when the centurion saw that he voluntarily died, therefore, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. This is the answer as to who killed Jesus. He wasn't killed. He voluntarily died and he didn't die because he was being crucified. He died because he willed it. And so that medical article that tries and say that, while he was having a heart attack or things like that, there's no evidence of that in the scripture at all. He died fully aware of what he was doing. Then when evening came, and that was after the, uh, after the crucifixion, it was still a Friday, but it was a day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. Joseph of Arimathea, and we talked about him as one of those on the Sanhedrin. What he did, he is referred to as a respected member of the council. And he himself was looking for the kingdom of God. So he was a true believer. And he took his life in his hands. It says he took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Now, when he asked for the body of Jesus, that meant that Jesus had died. And verse 44 says, Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died because normally you take a longer time on the cross. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. Now, you don't talk about a corpse of someone if they're still alive. So the centurion and Joseph Arimathea and Pilate recognized he had died. And what Joseph did, he bought a linen shroud, took Jesus down from the cross, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. How many of the gospels talk about this Joseph of Arimathea? I was once asked that question, I was in a Bible study, and James Veltz, who I really appreciate as one of the best scholars in the world, asked me and another professor how many times Joseph of Arimathea is mentioned. And I said, oh, I think it's at least two. And the other professor said, well, I know there's one. And I should have known Jim Belts would ask a question of some trickery. Joseph of Arimathea is mentioned in all four Gospels, proving that Jesus had definitely died. And it says he was put in the rock in the grave, set aside for Joseph of Arimathea. So that's the lesson for This coming Sunday, it will be a long sermon to go through all of it, so many will choose parts of it as we prepare for Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and the wonderful celebration of Easter. I'm Tom Baker. Continue to listen to us about those.